0: A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm
1: an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic.
0: Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism, one letter at a time. So this week, Jerry said, surprise me with the D.
1: Surprise me with that D.
0: <laughs> you can take that however you want, yeah. folks. But I thought that D, I wanted to... I wanted to ask you um, about your doubts. Oh. So in specific, or at least for me, um, I wanted to talk about my doubts in the beginning because I had a lot of them. I mean, I still have doubts today, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but my doubts in the beginning of recovery in making that that choice and saying, I'm just not going to drink anymore. And, you know, I, I think those, I mean, it's, it's great to make that decision, but how do you go? What do you, where do you go from there? I mean, how, what brought you into the first, the first meeting? I mean, how were you skeptical? You know, how doubtful were you or were you not? I think,
1: yeah, a lot of my doubts laid in early recovery. I, I, I'm, I'm in line with you in that I have doubts now as well but they're different kind of doubts you know but in regards to recovery um i mean my first meeting when i came into the rooms it was purely self-serving you know i mean my motivations were that i was an impasse in my life and in my marriage and Just the way I was living life, I could no longer manage my life the way I was living it. And so I thought, well, what's the best thing for Jerry is to finally hang up my hat. Now, when I came in, I doubted I would even last a week. That was my first initial doubt because I said, I'm done for a week. I'm only done for a week. And then I didn't go to any meetings. And then that week lasted two weeks. And then I hit three weeks and then at about four weeks, I was like, "Man, okay, I'm at a month now. I, I doubt I'll make it past this month. I'm gonna go check out a meeting," and that's how I ended up in the rooms. You know, I had a friend who was a cab driver who would drive me around drunk all the time, and he was uh, attending meetings of a different type. And uh, so I went to a couple of those, and it just didn't work for me. So I ended up, you know, in the rooms I'm in now. But yeah, I doubted. I doubted a lot of things. I doubted my recovery early because I felt like my motivations were purely self-serving. Because I I knew in the heart of me that I was, you know, I could could talk all day and say, oh, I did this for my family. And I did this to to give my daughter a good household to grow up in. And those motivations were there. But in the very beginning, the motivation was, how do I fix things to make it easier for me? You know, and how can I learn how to manage this thing that's unmanageable? And then I realized I couldn't manage my drinking. There's no way. I, I couldn't go to like a meeting a week and continue drinking. I mean, I had entertained that notion quite a bit in the beginning. Oh, okay, I'll get leveled out. And then as soon as I'm leveled out, I'm dry out a little bit. I'll, I'll just have a drink or two here or there and still continue attending these meetings. Mm-hmm. But I never did. I never drank because, you know, after sitting in the rooms, you know, and hearing all that stuff, I was like, oh, shit, these people are talking to me. They're telling me, me, I know what I do. But yeah, I think at the beginning the doubt was my sobriety mostly. Now at this point the doubt I I don't know the doubts are a little more complex, you know. It is. Yeah. It's a lot more complex than oh am I going to make it through the day? I doubt it. Or oh is is my marriage going to last through this? I doubt it, you know. And now they're a little more complex. I think they got a lot of layers. They're tiramisu. Got a lot yes. of layers. Yeah. No
0: rum or no no grandma. <laughs> no yet. rum.
1: How about a, there's seven layer burrito? very complex oh. yeah uh, lots of layers yes. man
0: yeah i uh, yeah the same i think for me in the very in the very beginning i was i was doubtful but i had the exact same thought was i'll just go a week i can do one week right yeah Any, you know yeah. anybody can do one week um and one week turned into two because i just thought you like you said i gotta i gotta get this together i gotta figure this out this is this is not working. And I don't think that I had ever said that to myself before. Well, I had said that to myself. I had said to myself, this is not working. You should probably get another drink. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. but it was the first time that I had ever said to myself, this is not working and something really has to change. Yeah. And, um, you know, those doubts, how do I put it? I didn't think it was for me. I didn't think any sort of 12-step program was going to work for me. I figured I was just going to do this. I was going to do it for a week. Then a week became 2, and then 2 became, you know, 2 became 3, and yeah. you know how it goes on and on and on. And but I was also still very much not interested in any sort of find, seeking any help outside. Yeah. Um, I was highly doubtful that this was going to last. I had, um, you know, I had destroyed one relationship and um, I felt as if I was going to lo- lose the house that I was in Yeah. Um, because of one, really just because I knocked the walk over on the refrigerator because I was drunk getting a beer and, <laughs> you know, the people that I rent from come in and I just, anyhow, I just felt like I was going to lose the house. I had started taking drinks on the job, and um, I, you know, was worried. I had I got pulled over by the police one night, and um, I had probably had six or seven shots of vodka in the course of an evening, woo, and over the course of you know a shift. So I was oh, okay. at work drinking, yeah. <laughs> and then went home and drove, or I drove. Yeah. And I was going, I don't know, 73 miles an hour or something like that on these windy little roads. And he, you know, asked me if I had, um, had anything to drink. And I said, yes. I said about, you know, we did a little wine tasting after work. I had a little half a glass of wine, I think. And, uh, I just was terrified. And I sat there and he wrote me a ticket for 65 and a 55. He said, I'm going to bring it down because the, you know, the, uh, the numbers skyrocket after that. And he said, just be careful. There's a lot of wildlife out here. And I said, thank you very much. And I went home. And so the thing was, is that I I had seen all these things happen and I knew something had to change. And I thought I was going to lose my car and the place that I lived and my job. And so I just thought I got to cut this out. I've done it before. I did it before for a month. I think I just got to cut it out and everything will be fine. I just got to get away from it step back and I'll be fine. I don't need any help. Mm -hmm. And so finally a month goes by and then two months go by. And a friend of mine who had been, um, in recovery for a couple of years at that point finally said, Hey man, just go on Sunday morning, go to that meeting. And I said to myself, yeah, fine, whatever. I don't think it's really going to help. I don't really want to go. But I'll, I promised him. I said, yeah, I'll go on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But I didn't set my alarm. I woke <laughs> up early anyway. I yeah. intentionally didn't set my alarm. I woke up early anyway. And I said, well, I guess I'm awake. I might as well go. So I went down to the, the community center. And I walked in the front door. That was my first mistake. Because they're never in the front door. No nope. meetings. No. Nope. And I said, you know what? If I can't find this place, I'm not going to go. And I couldn't find it. And I said, well, if I can't find somebody to ask, then I'm not going to go. Then I'm just going to go. Yeah. Home. yeah. And then there somebody showed up as soon as I said that. And I said, hey, where's the, where's the place at? And they were like, oh, it's around back. And I went in, and I was terrified, and I sat in the corner. I sat in the shoe section with the right. sneakers and the loafers and sat on mm-hmm. the couch. And I don't remember if I cried that first time. I don't think I did, but maybe I did. I certainly did subsequent times. Yeah. But it was just this huge, heavy, scary moment. And I got home and I sat down and I was like, okay, how are you going to do this? Because I still didn't believe like that it was going to be of any value to me in my life. I really felt like... I really felt like I was going to figure it out on my own and I was going to continue to drink. Yeah. And I said, well, I had a couple of people in my life, close friends, you included, who had been doing this for at least a little while and had found some value and were, um, you know, it was working for them and their families. And so I thought, well what if i what if i investigate what if i'm like an investigative journalist what if i just go you know what i mean that was my yeah yeah i am going to go in <clears throat> with skepticism and with a whole lot of doubt and i'm going to i'm going to do this so i started to go and i started to go <clears throat> still not really believing in it and then um, there was one guy that i would listen to talk and he seemed very quiet and calm and collected. And he seemed like he thought about what he said a lot of the times. And I said, okay, maybe I'll ask this guy if he wants to be my sponsor. And I remember contacting him on Facebook and then getting a phone call like five minutes later. Yeah. Jesus Christ. This is not what I meant. I was like thinking, you know, why don't you text me back? Yes, (laughs)
1: give me some time. Oh, you because you're used to the drunk way of doing the drunks way, where it's like, yeah, I'll send you like an emoji, like (laughs) an eggplant emoji, and we got it all figured out. Yeah,
0: and so even then, even during my meetings with this with this uh, gentleman, I still and I told him this up front. I was like, "Eh, it's not for me, but you know, I'm kind of curious to see what you have to say because I was still not buying it. I was still very, very much in denial about well about a lot of things but I um, and it's funny it's like the little you know they talk about the door opening a little bit at a time yeah (laughs) just sort of creaks open and it's super rusty and and you know it got to the point where I was like oh okay yeah this is this is starting to make sense yeah I don't know about this whole God thing but a lot of this other stuff makes sense Mm-hmm. And so he would just say, well, let's not worry about that part. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, he's like, do you believe in electricity? I was like, I don't know. What kind of question is that? He's like, <laughs> he's like yeah, okay. Uh, I can. I, I, I get where you're coming from. But yeah. still, I was, I was constantly trying to pick it apart and find some flaw or hole or something. And it took me, I don't know, probably two and a half years, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. at least yeah I, I mean this is only me being completely open to it and being completely wanting to be a part of it and yeah. wanting to be in my recovery has only been in the last six months I think yeah probably only this year yeah since the beginning of this year since last winter or something I mean I always thought that it was something I needed to do but I, that's that's how I spent two and a half years was being very skeptical of the whole thing
1: that's interesting because my experience is the opposite i I never it seems like what i'm getting from you is like you doubted the program in itself you know the program you doubted it like you're like ah this isn't gonna work for me this isn't gonna work for me and when i came into it i i there was no door creaking open i mean i like kicked the door in and said i'm here somebody have me because nobody else will you know like somebody's got to take me here and so Mm -hmm. um when I came into it, my experience with doubt was that I doubted that I could do it correctly, and to this day, I still doubt that I can do it correctly. You know, um, and I have to be reassured by people around me because I am, you know, I'm I'm a wilting lily, man. I need a lot of uh, attention. You know, I need a lot of people to tell me you're doing all right because I have lots of doubts in the way I do it, and I, I, I it's, it's that's that fear we were talking about. You know, a few a few podcasts back was. Uh, I have a lot of that fear and a lot of that doubt is rooted in fear like am i doing this right am i gonna fuck this up am i gonna go back out again but i don't live with it all the time they creep up you know it's always in my i indulge it that's a that's a better word for it i indulge it um i don't wake up and go shit i'm gonna am i gonna drink today or am i working my programming correctly today or doing my recovery incorrectly for the most part, I feel pretty even keel. Like I feel stable, which mm-hmm. is enough. I don't need to walk around with a big smile plastered on my face. I just need to feel content and stable. And so, my doubts are more based on me, which is funny because it's the opposite end of the coin for you, where you're like, "Well, is this? Th- I doubt this program's gonna work. These people have all drank the Kool Aid, and they're all over mm-hmm. here smiling at me, beating this book around, you know." And I was more like. Will you people have me? Because I don't know if I can do this right, you know. And even, even to this day, I I don't know if I'm doing it right. But I must be because I feel okay. Like, I feel better than okay. I feel good most days, which is weird. You know, they used to say, how's, <laughs> how's life, Jerry? And I'd say, taken forever. You know, I love that line from that from Kingpin. It was like my go-to line, life is taken forever. And now they're like, how's life? And I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually, I can appreciate it, you know. So the doubts are funny, you know, because you start off doubting, doubting that it's going to work, doubting you're going to work it. And then as you go on, you know what I mean? As you go later into it, you're like, well, I, you know, me personally, I'm like, ah, oh, am I working it right now? What can I do to like level up or make it work better? Am I uh, yeah. Do I have, yeah, do I have the constitution <clears throat> to do so, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: most most definitely when I see it's 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 shifted for me, you know, like like I think that was I think in the beginning the only way to get me to convince myself that I should go check out another way of living was if I tried to if I tried to to say that I was gonna that I was already I was already fine. Yeah. You know? I was fine, I don't need this, but I made a promise to somebody else. <clears throat> yeah. You know, not myself. Yeah. I made a mm-hmm. promise to somebody else. So mm-hmm. and I didn't want to let them down necessarily. So yeah. it was in this it was in the vein of like I said, that sort of inquisitive skepticism. Right. Um and as time went on, I then found and I looked around and I was like, Oh, this is working for a lot of people. And then I was like, Oh, well, what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yeah. in, the, in, in the beautiful and supportive way, um, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of us, right? It's all right. we're all beautiful people and all that good stuff, but more so, wh- not necessarily what was wrong with me, which I, I felt like there was there was quite a bit, and, right. um, but it was more like, well, how can this help benefit me? Like you said, how can I, how can I level up? Yeah. How can I, how can I utilize this in my own way, in my own words, in my own life and make it work for me um, in a way that, that I can accept because I wasn't ready to accept, you know, the idea that I really fucked things up. I'm going right. to fuck things up. Yeah. And not just not like, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a DUI and I never, I never went to jail. Right. And um, I didn't burn anybody's house down. Um, right. But I really felt like I had fucked things up and I had a I had a, I had huge potential to do even worse. I think it oh, was, yeah. was what I saw. Mm hmm. And I didn't you know, they talk about being in a hole and you don't have to keep digging. And yeah. I think that that was the thing. I was like, I don't want to dig anymore. Right. And so so then the doubt shifted to me. Into what I was capable of and what I was willing to do, and for a very long time, I was very unwilling, and I literally didn't have the capacity for change, I didn't have the capacity for growth, I don't think, in certain points, and it just really, really, it hurt, and so I didn't yeah. want to do it. And that's fine, and I came around when I came around. And yeah. And I think those... I think the doubts that i have today are ones of um you know whether or not i'm doing it right that still comes up whether or not i'm doing enough i never feel like i'm doing enough right is my program tight (laughs) is it is is it on point
1: yeah is it on point right because there's that narrative in there that, that i mean the narrative is that like if you don't do it right if you're not diligent you're gonna end up back out there again and i can agree with that narrative to some extent you know but i've also i also uh, i'm not a big fan of fear mongering but some people need the fear you know Mm -hmm. some people need it me necessary me personally there's where that's where my skepticism because i feel like doubt and skeptic skepticism are interchangeable words i mean they're just the Mm -hmm. same thing uh just you know um so my skepticism lies in the f- when people try to throw that message out there of fear. That's when I get turned off and I'm like, well, you know, you don't know me. I don't know if you've met me, but I'm I'm an awesome individual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not susceptible to your fear. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a very close friend of a friend of Elton John's. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we can make these things happen. But um, I think... Uh, You know, it's healthy to have some skepticism, and it is healthy to have some doubts because that's that keeps you can keep it can keep you safe. But if it hinders you, in you know, making your life better or making your life even livable, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. That's the fear once again, the fear talking. You know, fuck everything and run, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What is it? False evidence appearing real, man. That's all. That's all it is, man. Mm -hmm. But um, I think some doubt is healthy. I think being overwhelmed with doubt is unhealthy and, yeah. but it can be overcome. It can, it's, it's, it's a struggle, but it can. And then once you get past that plateau and you start climbing again, leveling up, you're like, wow, the air is a lot better up here. And you know, the view's a lot clearer and there's so much more clarity, you know, doubt yeah. is protection. I, I
0: definitely word. Have, exactly. I, I definitely use that a lot. Yeah.
1: Um, earlier on. And,
0: and because i i didn't the to be able to change you have to accept that there's something in you that needs to be changed.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And in turn accept that you are not you're your you're not living to your full potential. Right. As a you're not living <clears throat> life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. You're not doing your best. And as somebody who is a, um, as an alcoholic, and being this sort of dichotomous, self-loathing egotist, <laughs> that's a very yeah. hard thing yeah. to <laughs> to accept. Is mm-hmm. to say, oh, I need change. I need I, I need real change. Yeah, I don't need to just quit for a week and you know clear my head and get the you know because at forty, at thirty-eight or whatever, my hangovers were lasting like two days. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. And I, it it wasn't enough. One week wasn't enough. One month isn't enough
1: No, And, um,
0: so just that, what was I saying? Just, just the idea that, um, just doubt as protection and accepting that you need to fix something. It was very hard and it took me a very long time just to be opened up to the idea that, um, my ego could move out of the way for a little bit and it wasn't about me
1: yeah that shit's incredibly difficult dude especially casting aside the ego because ego <laughs> is also protection it's like mm-hmm. the doubt is the chest armor and the ego's the helmet you know what i mean but then <laughs> yes. you're just walking around with all this shit on you don't see the world as what it is you just got all this shit all over you and it's hot and it affects your mobility i mean I, you know i got metaphors for days for that kind of shit but like that's what it really is that that protection can help but it, it's a like it's a huge hindrance too. And putting the ego aside is a huge it's a huge task because all you've ever had to do is rely on your own ego to tell you that this is manageable and this works even though it's not working. It's all on fire around you and you're just like, "No, nah, I can this is fine." <laughs> mm-hmm. This is doable.
0: Not so, until you get those those uh armor piercing bullets of Love and faith,
1: what fuck, dude, or even just <laughs> what reality—that's the armor-piercing bullet. To me, it was reality, Yes, mm-hmm. a big steam and plate of reality in a bullet form, you know. And then, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I, I agree with you on the love and faith <laughs> as well. Just for me, it was reality is what shook me yeah. out of doubt, doubt and ego and skepticism, and you know, that's a, what shook me out of it, and what kind of helped melt it off eventually was that people cared about me. And people loved me, and not just people I didn't know, strangers, like gave a shit about me. That always tripped me out, too. It's was like, yeah. you don't even fucking know me, and you, you, you give a shit, you know? I remember somebody really close to me telling me that there's a whole, there's like, you know, thousands of people there that are rooting for me. You know, they're, they're in your stands, Jerry, they're rooting for you, and I thought, bullshit, ain't nobody rooting for me, man. And then I started hanging around and going to these rooms, and I was like, fuck, this person was totally right. You know, like, I mm-hmm. thought it was just false encouragement just to be like, you know, get on that wagon, you know? And then I realized, wow, like, wow, like these people do care, selflessly care, because that's part of their thing, you know? So then I'm like, well, I might as well make it part of my my thing, you know?
0: Yeah. It yeah. feels good. But yes, steam is good, baby really break you down to a point of the. Um, what's the word what's the phrase the gift of
1: desperation the gift of desperation and everybody's different like you said you'd never had a DUI or you never lost your job or your house but I mean for everybody it's different it's whatever you're willing to manage yeah, you know actually what?
0: there was one job I lost because uh, of drinking and you might remember this what?
1: Uh, <laughs> I helped you lose it because of my drinking
0: no actually oh. I was uh, because I was, oh, cause I was that's washing dishes job. at the coffee corner back in 98.
1: Uh, oh, and I took your job,
0: And when you yeah. came back to town, <laughs> you came back to town and took my job. Or no, I was the prep guy. That's what it was. And he came back from Arizona. And i just like, hey, you want your job back? We just had to I fire did. John for uh, drinking too much and calling in sick. Call you know, no show.
1: I was drinking with you the night. You got the. Ne- I drank with you that night, and then you got fired the next day. I, I like to believe for years that it was. Just, I just did such a sublime job of bringing produce up from the bakery with a nice wooden cart. But <laughs> it turns out they just needed someone to fill a position who knew what was going on, and you happened to be getting shit faced with me. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So but you did lose that job.
0: I did lose that job. I mean, because of drinking. That point, I didn't really care. That was how well, I, mean, no. I was. Twenty. I mean, or something. You yeah um,
1: you were like a, yeah how old are you 20? twenty 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 one something like that twenty one yeah you were twenty one because I was like twenty three so yeah I mean it's not like losing that job at Coffee Corner that started the spiral into your doubt as an alcoholic you know I think the spiral started
0: much younger than that but yeah, much younger you know, than that yeah it was a slower <laughs> spiral though it gets quicker right. by the, the point, end the point was is that it's different for everyone and the, and and that. I, one of the things I kept, I remember now saying like, you don't have to keep digging. Right. And I would say, well, you know, I, I was convinced that I had to go and be worse than I already had because I yeah. would hear the people and I'd be like, so then I'm fine. So then I don't need this shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I would say. I would say it
1: out oh, loud. Man. Yeah. It,
0: I'd say it to my sponsor, I'm like, so what, am I supposed to go get a DUI and go spend some time in jail? Am I not, am I not dark? You know, have I not dug myself deep enough? And yeah. It's like, no, man, you don't have to keep digging. No. You've gone far enough. Thankfully, some people dig way deeper than you. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool epiphany to me, too, was that you don't have to keep digging. Yeah.
1: No, you don't. It also sounds like your alcoholic was talking to you being like, hey, buddy, you really haven't done all the work yet. You need to earn this seat. So you should get back out there and patsy on the ass, you know, get back out there and see what uh, havoc you can wreak, you know. Right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I guess I've had doubts as, as, as to whether or not I was worthy to be in the room myself, you know, and then those didn't last long either though like i knew what i was i knew what i was capable of you know i always looked at it like the analogy being in a room with the heater on and some people can live you know perfectly fine with the house 85 degrees and a guy like me is just like it is too fucking hot in here i need to get out of this house you know like it's all what we can manage so yeah I mean, there's mm-hmm. even that doubt. There we go. Back to the D again, dude. That doubt of whether or not you belong there. If you feel like you belong there, you most likely belong there. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if you look at yourself and go, shit, I need to fucking stop. This shit's fucking my life up. You know, like, whatever. You know, whatever your reasoning is, then it's pretty likely that you, you belong in there. You know, mm-hmm. you belong with us. Come with us. Be one of us. You don't have to.
0: You don't have to worry about whether or not you belong. There's. Supposed, nah, I know. There's. I no have, You know. I've. I've. There's always room. They got. They got a stack of chairs right around the corner. I there. know,
1: man. They got lots <laughs> of chairs. Lots of folding chairs. Plenty. Of, so many chairs. Yeah. Don't yeah. Lots of. They it. need people to make coffee, man. You,
0: you know. Need people to clean up. They Need people to take those flowers home, and those skanky, ass flavored chickpeas that somebody keeps bringing in they're like Yo, cinnamon toast chickpeas or something you, and I'm you're just going like, to
1: these <laughs> fancy meetings of flowers and chickpea toast and shit i get non-dairy creamer and black coffee you know <laughs> but they say back in the day you had to clean ashtrays and shit and but yeah you have a fancy meeting yeah fancy meeting my I meeting's see, not that fancy
0: and it's all about that perspective man i should be grateful for the uh, cinnamon toast chickpeas
1: yeah Man, I want some cinnamon cho- toast chickpeas. Guy yeah, brings in do. like a, yeah, brings in some candy and the wrapper's too loud and everybody looks at him like it's the end of the world.
0: he's just enjoying his candy,
1: man. He's just enjoying his subway sandwich or his candy, you know. <laughs> so no,
0: it's, it's there's I, there's still a lot of doubts. I was doubtful today when I, I didn't want to get out of bed. I you know I, yeah. I, I was gonna say I have the day I, I'd have the day off if I had a job, but um. <laughs> Um, it was just, I just didn't feel motivated. And so I don't want to keep throwing D's out there, but you know, I finally got up and made myself go work out for like 30, 35 minutes or something like that. And Mm -hmm.
1: uh, good
0: discipline replaces the motivation. Yeah, it should. I'm not saying it always does. I certainly do not, whatever, you know, I am not always a hundred percent disciplined, but. When I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Well, if you do it anyway, the idea is that it replaces that, in my mind, that doubt with a little more discipline. And then it doesn't matter if you don't want to, because that voice doesn't hold as much
1: agency in your life.
0: Yeah. It doesn't hold as much credence. Uh Uh-huh. And you don't listen
1: to it as much. Well, the discipline tells you, you've already done this every day. You can do Mm -hmm. it today. You know? Yeah. Yeah, go fucking around. You've already done this. Just keep doing it.
0: Thanks again for listening. As always, our music is by Neglect. You can find his stuff at neglectsound.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And get a hold of us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com.